What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a kind of bonus content episode. Austin, this is the second time that we've done this lately and kind of like it. You know, we're just kind of going around the kind of minor storylines that we don't really get to touch on on any of our shows and podcasts and just kind of air out our thoughts and feelings about them. But um, Austin, before we get into that, we've got a couple you know special guests that we want to introduce. Uh, first off, Jurgen, you know, we've had you on the show a few times before, man. It's always good to see you. I love your knowledge on the game. How's it going, Jurg? Uh, it's going pretty good, fellas. Actually, like a little over an hour ago, I finished up my own show with uh, some of my friends. And Very nice. I, I was just relaxing until you guys hit up and invited me and, and Chris here and more than happy to join, especially because you guys broke this news that we're about to cover to me. I had no idea. <laughs> well, from what I, what I got out of everything you just said, Jerg, is that we're not your friends, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other guest that I want to discuss here is... Yeah, uh, he was doing his show with his friends, and then he had to come on here. With, <laughs> and and uh, then you guys you know. hit me up, right? Yeah, yeah so... <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of friends, we got our, you know, one of our, our very best friends on the network, you know, the president of the off the ball network, uh, you know, Le Champion, as we've kind of affectionately referred to him as now, as of this very second, this first time I've ever called him that, that is our off the ball network president, Chris LeBron. Chris, how's it going, man? What's going on, guys? A pleasure to be on. And Jerry, you know what happens when you don't refer us as to your friends? You know what happens? It was just a misfire. Do you know what happens, Jurgen? Do, Do you? you? Well, I, I the, well, I make the Do lexicon it. of Le Champion. Do it. Do it. You know what? I'm gonna say go. it. I'm going to say it. I want to wait. I'm going to think <laughs> it. I'm going to think about it. All right. We got to think about what happened. I'm going to think about it. <laughs> all right guys well the reason that we're all here today is uh you know um like jerk austin and i we just finished our, our recording for the you know nothing but net radio on dash radio and we wanted to talk a little bit about rudy gobert kind of turning down a max contract extension which is only 28 percent of the team's salary cap and in favor for what he's hoping to get is a super max contract which is about 35 percent of the team's salary cap Austin, I, I told you this offline. I think he heard what you said about him on our show when you were talking about how highly favored he is with with you. Um, just I want to give you a chance to explain yourself because he's listening to you, obviously. Well, you know, I think in, at least in his mind, obviously the front offices of NBA teams are pretty analytically driven, or at least he hopes they are, because, you know, my only real argument for him is that the advanced numbers tell kind of a almost a completely different story than what your your eyes will tell you if you actually watch him play because you know in certain statistics he's a top 10 offensive talent according to these numbers and and it's just obviously not the case and to me the idea that he thinks that he belongs on the same level contract wise with Giannis Antetokounmpo or a Steph Curry or any of any of those guys to me for one is just absurd and then even the more you dive into it, and I'm a one of the biggest defenders of his, and I don't see any sense of reality here that he's worth that kind of money. I mean, he's in traditional, you know, the w- traditional way people evaluate the game. You have to be able to to score a significant amount to to earn a contract like that, at least 
you know, so far in the history of the NBA, that's kind of how it's worked. And yeah, he is an elite, elite defensive talent, but the idea that you would want to be paying a guy that scores 13 or 14 points a game over 30% of your salary cap is just, to me, that's you're shooting yourself in the foot. There's there's no way you're going to win a title like that. And I don't know, I don't know where he thinks he's going to get that money. Well, I mean, obviously his agent feels like it's going to be coming from somewhere. I mean, typically you don't see a guy just flat out turn down a max contract at the center position, uh, you know, unless he feels like he can get that money elsewhere. Jerg, I, I, I don't know exactly where you, you know, land in the, in, in the prism that is a Rudy Gobert. I, I've thought that he was a defensive player of the year candidate last season. I had him number one overall because I do like what he, he brings to the table. He does show the ability to be able to switch on the, perimeter you know offensive player and that doesn't really get talked about a lot jerg what do you think about rudy gobert's talent level compared to the amount of money that he is reportedly commanding so i i honestly for years now i have been a big uh proponent of how valuable rudy gobert is to the utah jazz a lot of people forget in donovan mitchell's rookie year while he was wowing people and he was the the hot rookie coming on the scene that team didn't become a solidified playoff team until Gobert came back from injury that year. And it was the same thing the year after. He missed, a, I think, a very little stretch of time. But in that stretch, you could tell they were worse defensively without him. Like, it is just a bona fide thing. Even with some Utah Jazz fans trying to say, you know, Tony Bradley wasn't too bad defensively last year as the backup. No doubt, Rudy Gobert makes them the good defensive team that they were. And I think there is a value for high-level defenders. You know, part of the reason... We've said we've said on our show several times. I'm a Heat fan. Part of the reason that Bam recently got his contract for the strides he's made offensively and will continue to make, it's his value as a defender that makes him so like the well-rounded player he is. But I mean, Austin said it best for a guy like Gobert to first off, the fact that he's getting the max contract, I think like that, that's fine. That's fair value. Like it, but a super max now. Like Austin said, look at the names who have been getting super maxes these last few years. It's Giannis. It's Steph. It's even other guys like Dame. And even though he didn't sign for the length of one, I think Bradley Beal was somewhat close to like Supermax kind of money just on a shorter deal. So it's like, can I really put Gobert in that category? I just, I can't do it. It, it, It's really hard to to make that case. Go ahead. When you break down the numbers, 28% of 109 million is an average of $30 million per year. That's what he's turning down. $30 million per year for a a career 14 point per game scorer, you know, and yes, he is a lead on defense. I think the jazz, we talked about this just the other night, Steven are like 11 points per hundred possessions better overall with him on the floor than off. And that's a huge difference. And that was just last year. And that wasn't the, the worst year in terms of that, so to speak, he's had other years where that was, that difference was even bigger. So he's definitely valuable, but just the idea that the names you just listed off, and then Rudy Gobert, it just on its face just doesn't make sense because all those guys, the one thing they all have in common is that, yeah, they score a lot, but they all affect the game in lots of different ways. Like he affects the game significantly on the defensive end, but he's barely replacement level in terms of scoring production on offense. Yeah. Well, Chris, I, I'm dying to get your thoughts on here because you're you're just as crazy about the NBA as we are. And I just want to see what you think as far as, you know, the the type of money that Rudy Gobert, not let alone turning down, but the type that he's commanding. Do you think that any team in the NBA like any I'm talking like, 
you know, I, I want I want to ask you about your team, but like, let's say the the Cleveland Cavaliers who have a whole lot of cap space. They don't have a defensive presence anywhere on, on their team, really. Do you think that he could maybe find a market in a place like, say, Cleveland to, to, to command a Supermax with a lot of extra money to spend? Oh, man. This is – when you guys mentioned the, the full Supermax thing, I was just like, Rudy Gobert and Supermax just doesn't go together. It just doesn't go together, like – and it's it's not a discredit to his game because obviously you guys brought up a lot of points. What he can do defensively, be able to switch on anyone, you know, you know his shot blocking, his rebounding, he affects the game tremendously on defense. Screen setting too, yeah. Screen setting, like he does all that stuff defensively. Now, to me, when I think supermax, like I think I'm thinking of of top level scores. Like you have to be able to score and. He's not that dude. You know, he can impact defensively, but on offense, I mean, the name of the game, you have to score more points than the other team. Like, yeah, you can, you know, he could stop a few possessions, but he's not mm-hmm. going to do everything. You've got to be able to affect the game offensively. For me to give you, to even consider a supermax, and I don't know, it's just, it's crazy. Now, I think a team would, listen, we've seen crazier things happen in the league. I mean, the Philadelphia 76ers paid uh, Tobias Harris, what, $190 million. So mm-hmm. we've seen crazier things in the league, right? right? We've seen guys that don't deserve, not to say don't deserve, but aren't at that level of player. Like Tobias Harris went from being an underrated player, and then when he got that crazy contract last year, he went yeah. from being, you know, a player like like an overrated player just like that, right? It, it's mm-hmm. all, you know. So it's kind of in that realm. Like, obviously, he's a defensive player of the year and all that, but um, it just—it's it, crazy. And if I, if I'm I'm looking at the numbers and like he turned down the max, right? So yep. the max he would be getting what 147 million dollars, if yeah. I'm correct, if I, what I'm looking at, and then the super max is what 200, 228, I think. 228. Is the max. <laughs> you know, that that's Giannis money. <laughs> You're not Giannis. <laughs> you're, 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 you're not Giannis. Like, like Giannis is a two-time MVP, defensive player of the year, affects the game on both ends of the ball, right? Like he's, And this is a guy who, who's still the, getting better, Giannis, which is crazy. Like, I don't see Rudy Gobert coming out of nowhere and averaging 25 a game and then having, you know, a face-up game and, and, and doing all these crazy stuff on offense. Like, unless he does that, then – and we have another. He has another game that he hasn't un- unlocked yet. Then, then let's see it. So then, then we could talk. But I mean, I, I don't. That's that's crazy. Like I just, I, I, I don't know who. If someone were to give him that, like, I, I mean, that's just crazy to get. And you said what? Thirty five percent of the cap to get to Rudy, Rudy Gobert, like a guy who. You mentioned has offensive limitations. How about even just being able to handle the ball? Like I was talking about this with you guys offline. I think a, a prerequisite in order to to be able to get a super max is do you can you handle the ball at all? Right, like right. make put put the ball on the ground two times to make a smart pass. Like we don't even see Rudy Gobert do do that on a on a game in and game out basis. Right, Austin. Right. Before he signs any kind of Supermax deal, I want to see him do the all-star game skills competition and see if he can even do it. Because if he can, that, that has to be like a, you have to earn it that way. Because I'm not 100% sure that he could make that bounce pass through a through a tire or, or you know, dribble all the way up and down the court in any kind of, you know, with any kind of speed. It's just, it, like you said, he's he's got way too many deficiencies 
to be someone that you're giving that kind of money to. Like, look at the 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 four names that come to mind really are Giannis, Steph Curry, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden. And what do they all have in common? They've all been MVPs. You know, they've mm-hmm. all been in the in the talk for MVP for a lot of years, and they've won it. They lead their teams in scoring. They also other may harden not as much, but they also affect the game defensively as well, as well as playmaking. And you can't give Rudy Gobert the ball in open space and have him go make a play for your team. That's just, it's, you know, he's not going to initiate offense for them. And at this point in his career, he's not going to develop that either. No, I mean, we're, he's, 28, it's right? he's 27, 28 right. years old. Right? Yeah, so he's he's essentially a finished product as far as like, he he a couple post moves. Like that's and mainly what I can Anything think. outside of the, the restricted area, he's just, I mean, I'm looking at, um, I'm on cleaning the glass right now. He has, he shoots 28% from, you know, the mid range and it's on 12 attempts. So 28%. <laughs> you know, everything is in there around the rim, which is he shoots 75%. So it's like, you know, like unless we like we he just magically has this game that we don't know about that he's gonna unlock, like I said before, like I, I how do you how do you well, how does he think that he's he's gonna get the Superman? I just I don't even think the Jazz would even consider that. Like, even well, though well, you can go like uh like, like I'll pay Neural in the Wells one year. <laughs> five million dollars to do you know similar stuff to you and not have to you know tie my cap around that so it's like like i, I don't know what his thinking though is uh, unless I, I don't know i don't know he's, well, you he's, bring up oh. a, a good point is that not only can, is he limited but he also plays the probably the the easiest replaceable position in the nba right so yeah, yeah. Uh, it, and that's really tough. And, and Jerg, I want to turn it to you and get some more thoughts on you real quick. But Austin, you just pointed, you know, they all had MVPs in common with the four players, you know, that you just mentioned a second ago. Let's not set the bar so high for Rudy Gobert. Let's lower it down a little. How about just an all NBA team? Right. Like, let's look right. at number of all star teams. Right. You know what I mean? Like, let's let's set the bar even lower. And, and, and even the even the all star level, even the all star nods to me are are not really that telling because how many how many good centers really are there and for a few at least a few of those all-star selections it was you know they kind of had a very limited you know definition of a center so there weren't a whole there wasn't a whole lot of competition for the all-star front court now which makes it even harder for him they don't even have a center position in the all-star ballot anymore like they took it out right (laughs) yeah but that's what i mean like they used to and that's part of the reason he made it as many times as he did, at least from my eyes, I well, think he we wasn't even like a off. perennial. He, but but the reason I brought that up, Austin, was he's mm-hmm. not even a perennial, you know, all-star. face at, at the center right. position. He's not even a perennial all star, right? And, and that was kind of my point. Like even when he was on the all star team, it was back before they did away with kind of the the center position as a criteria. And to to be honest, like. Part of it is bad timing because Giannis just signed his and people are are undoubtedly going to compare him to Giannis and there's just no comparison there. But I I mean, defensively, I don't know. I don't really know your guys' financial situations that well, but if it were me, I would be jumping for joy if I were Rudy Gobert and got offered even the regular max, let alone a super max. Good well, lord, that's a lot of money. Well, I mean, if we're comparing what he could be making to what we could be making, we would be the sad ones, and he should be doing a podcast talking about us, right? Men at this point. All right. Well, now, guys, I want to kind of shift the conversation. We all, I think, we all agree. You know, all in favor, Rudy Gobert does not deserve a, ma- a super max contract. All in Correct. favor. 
I wouldn't, it's not even like right. deserve. It's just like he's just not that dude. Like yeah. you have to like be right. real. Like he doesn't have the skill set. Exactly. Like, he's just not at that level. Like like it's a big difference between a max player and then a super max is like a different level. So he doesn't deserve to be a super max player at all. <laughs> Correct. All right. So Jerg, I want to shift the conversation now. We there have already been discussions, you know, for at least a couple seasons now. Eventually, a lot of people suspected that the Utah Jazz were going to trade. Rudy Gobert, now that there seems to be some sort of a disconnect, at least for the time being, I believe they have up until the 21st to agree to a contract before they kind of have to, to to renegotiate, you know, at the end of the season. But Jerg, do you think that this puts kind of more spotlight on a trade scenario happening with Rudy Gobert and the Utah Jazz? I think you have to consider it more than ever now. Like I, I think in these last couple of seasons, you're kind, you kind of bulk on the idea because Gobert is still providing you not just the defense he's giving you, but the value of the defense. Like when you correlate the production a player is giving you to uh, the money that they're making, like Gobert was one of those guys with the defense he was giving you and the money, it was pretty good there for a long time. But now you're going to put the defense he's giving you and the money is going to take an exponential leap. Like let's just say they, they, in a parallel world, they give him the Supermax. Mm. Like, you, he's going to be doing the same thing. No one is going to look at what he's doing the same anymore because the paycheck yeah. completely changes. Chris brought up an amazing point with Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris did not get any worse after he signed that contract. It's just that <laughs> salary cap hit that's different. Same with Chris Middleton on the Bucks. So mm-hmm. I think now more than ever, if you're the Jazz you can make the you can you have to think of making this trade and especially because you just gave Donovan Mitchell his max contract like now you have a window with Donovan Mitchell and while they have made the playoffs a few times i'm sure Mitchell you know after the 3 to 1 loss this past year and after seeing moves that like Atlanta made for Trey Young and the Dal- Dallas a lot of people are uh, picking them because Luka is like that next guy if you're Donovan Mitchell it's like okay well we got We kind of got to get something going here. So I can. Phoenix definitely... is getting better too, by the way, right? Exactly. Yeah. Like if you're not Golden State's back, like the West is. Yeah, West is... Portland in... looks alright. Somebody's gonna be left yeah. out in the Nobody's West. In the West yeah. this season, more than any other year, if you're not making a move to put yourself in a higher tier, you're actually gonna go down because mm-hmm. you're you're staying still. So. I, I could see it, what what the package would be, what the team would be. I think you brought up a really good point. Like, I, I don't see any high-tier teams making this deal. I can't think of any off the top of my head right now. It would have to be a team like a Cleveland or a Sacramento or someone like that. So, Chris, I want to make I want to make a case, and I want to turn it to you and see, you know, what it does for your little – your needle there on your gauge, right? Jerg, we had you on a, a couple weeks ago, and we talked about, you know – the Boston Celtics just recently getting a trade exception, right. right. For the deal that they made with Gordon Hayward, which kind of right. seemingly fits with this whole Rudy Gobert thing. Yeah. And if everything goes smoothly, Chris, if they were somehow able to put a package together, maybe throw in like a Robert Williams who looked really good in preseason so far, maybe even, you know, uh, you know, a guy like Romeo Langford and, and some picks that they have, they have all of their picks. They can throw in some picks and some swaps. Do you is, would that make sense for both parties involved? Would that make sense for the Utah Jazz to give up Rudy Gobert for a couple young guys and some picks from Boston? And then from Boston's aspect, if Rudy comes in and they start winning, 
and they maybe even make the finals, you know, Eastern Conference finals. Danny Ainge looks at him and says, dude, look, you're not a super max guy, but I can pay you and you will be a very valuable part of this team. Do you think that a, that a marriage could exist between a Rudy Gobert and a Boston Celtic team? I think it makes sense for Boston to do that because we've talked about Boston religiously, how they need a big, right? They, mm-hmm. they picked up Tristan Thompson, but he, he's, he's okay, right? He's solid. And, but a Rudy Gobert would be a, a game changer for them. But now we got to go into the contract talk, right? Because now that's going to be the thing is Rudy's going to want a contract. So will, will Boston is, does Boston value him three, four years from now making what $25, $30 million? And, and will they look at that and be like, okay, this was worth, is this worth it to, to maybe get to a finals? And, and that's something they have to really would have to think about. And, you know, and like you said, really wants to get paid. And is he going to, is he, is he worth it? You have to really sit down and be like, all right, l- let's factor in everything. Like he, he is, a, he's in, you know, he's going to be 28, he's going to be 28 years old. And, you know, we know big guys like that tend to, you know, decline. And, you know, so, you know, three years from now when he's making $30 million and he's not that dude no more, it's going to be really bad. And then, you know, you have to make, you have to keep Jason Tatum. Unless they win a ring, unless they win a ring. I mean, yes, that always change. That can always, you know, the, that's the biggest thing. That's what Danny Ainge. And listen, Danny Ainge, as as everyone praises him so much, he hasn't made a move. He hasn't. He, he sat on his eggs. He sat like, why are you sitting? Like we, oh, he's supposed to get AD. He's supposed to get this dude, this dude, and it's like, okay, you drafted Jason Tatum. You drafted. He did. Jay he did pull Kyrie Irving. He did pull Kyrie, but we saw how that ended. It didn't end, you know. Uh, so that probably good. left a bad enough taste in his mouth to just go out and grab right. another guy, right? And then maybe that's uh, you know, he just that's just the sour feeling is in his mouth that he's like, I, I did, I went after Kyrie and it didn't work. So, but you still have to keep trying because yeah. yeah, listen, mm-hmm. do you have a championship team right now without anyone, like without just Tatum and Brown? You have to take that. You know, take a chance and try to get someone. Is Rudy that dude? Could be in the East. It could possibly get them to a finals, right? Yeah. But and it win them a championship. And you know how in Boston, it's it's you know they thought they 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 were they're all about championships. They're not just about right. getting there. So mm-hmm. you know, is, is Rudy that dude that can get? I think he he's an improvement. He can help them defensively because we saw what happened against Miami. You know, Miami just ate them up in the paint. We saw what they did. Just break down, boom, hit it to bam. And you know that that was all day, and that was that was why they lost. Uh, they lost. So Rudy can can help help with that. But do you want to pay Rudy a max? He's tw- like you said, he's going to be twenty eight years old. You're going to be paying him, give him a four year max. He's going to be thirty two. Most likely, he's going to be declining. You know, yeah. So- but by the time it's over, he'll be declining, right? Then you can work it out on the back end. Yeah, that's I, I mean, part of the contract. Well, right, but I'm saying like you 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 acquired this trade exception. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you have to use it or it goes away. Yeah, you know, yeah. you don't get any picks or anything out of it. That's why I look at this as potentially a different thing for Danny Ainge to use. It's not a draft, you know, a bunch of draft picks that you that everyone wants you to package together. Like, it's a trade exception. It has an expiration date on it. You got to use it. I'm just, And I'm not saying that, that there's reporting that it would happen. It was just something that we featured on a prior show before. Yeah. Austin, where do you think the best place – for Rudy Gobert to go is, or do you think that he should just stay and take whatever the Jazz are willing to give him? Um, honestly, I 
don't know what's going to happen here because Utah has built so much of that defense and their entire game plan around him as the anchor at center. He is by far the most important defensive piece, I think, on just about any team in the NBA. Think about it like this. Last year, the Milwaukee Bucks had the highest uh, margin margin of victory in the NBA. It was just under 13 points per game. And we just said earlier, Rudy Gobert is makes the Utah Jazz about 11, 11 and a half points better per 100 possessions with when he's on the floor. So basically, that's like saying he's the difference between the number one seed and the overall in the playoffs and a, a team that's got a losing record. Like it's a he's a huge piece for Utah. I don't know if he doesn't pull their, call their bluff and they end up giving him what he wants. I, I don't know that he necessarily deserves it. It's obviously too much money for someone that, you know, with his skill set in all of our eyes. But what else do they do? A lot of times teams kind of feel like it seems like front offices have this mindset that, well, we're not going to get somebody better. We're not going to be able to replace him. We we have to kind of pay him. That's kind of what happened with um, – uh, Tobias Harris, you know, they, people were outright saying that he didn't deserve that, that contract, but the market called for it. And if Philadelphia didn't pay it, some other team would, and Philadelphia couldn't felt like they couldn't afford to lose him. Well, I could have paid he, Jimmy Butler instead, but yeah. Right. right. <laughs> but you know, so we always, we hear all the time, the market for a player is whatever the market will pay him. Whatever someone will pay him, that's what the market is. You know, whether or not it really makes sense. And to be honest, the the definition, really, the reason there is a Supermax contract is a way to keep guys who other teams are trying to steal away on your team. Is Rudy Gobert in the category of guys that you feel like every other NBA contender is dying to trade for from, from Utah? Like they're like, it's just going to be this horrible thing if he ends up going and signing somewhere else. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that he falls in that category of a player that ne- they need that extra leverage for. Mm-hmm. I-, I like the idea of him in in uh, uh, with the Celtics in Boston. I think it, it could possibly put them over the hump in the East because I, I think that's kind of what they're missing, a big defensive presence and a, a rebounder. Uh, you know, Daniel Tice did did his very best last year, but he's just too little. And, and you know, heart, you know, he, he you know, did what he said. He did as right. much as humanly possible. And I promise, I promise, this is not just me being a Lakers fan and hating on the Celtics. Oh, in my boy. opinion, Danny Ainge might very well be the most overrated GM in the NBA. Oh no, that's Agreed. a fact. That's Agreed. a fact. That's not even. Okay. Yeah, no, you're right. Because just, what he did he ever do? Was, he made one great trade and fleeced a terrible GM in, in Brooklyn and got a ton of draft picks and then Whoa, no he's, he's done a few he's done a few good trades he's so he got he got Kyrie which oh honestly hindsight's and 2020 he, and, and he traded he hold on now, now hold on he did trade Philly out of that first round pick to get the third pick and an additional first left Philly yeah. with an injury riddled Markel Fultz and then got Jason Tatum out of the deal true He's just not. I get what y'all are saying. He's not like the best GM. He also got he got played by uh, Al Horford a couple years ago because, by all accounts, Al Horford had an agreement to sign a big extent, you know, big extension with them, and opted out and then left. How'd that work out for Horford? Gordon Hay. Well, he wasn't in a good situation, but it worked out. It didn't work out well for Boston, though. He missed out on uh, who was it that? 
Oh, uh, Gordon Hayward. He he thought he could get uh, Miles Turner and Victor Oladipo for him, and ended up getting a trade exception because he we overplayed can't his hand. That yet because he we haven't seen what he does with the trade exception. Okay, but still, I mean, would you rather have a trade exception or Miles Turner? Personally, well, I think Miles Turner was the better option. There. Again, incomplete, right? There. It's again incomplete. It depends on what you get. If he ends up getting a Rudy Gobert, I might say that that was a better move. He also never makes moves at the trade deadline with all these picks. He's got this war chest of assets and I agree. is, is yeah. kind of gun shy to use them. It's like, it's funny to me because the old narrative was always, if Danny Ainge calls you on the phone, don't pick up. Well, who's yeah. he calling? Because he's not doing anything. <laughs> you, know? you have a championship level. Like you went to the Eastern conference finals last year. Like, so it's not like you're in a situation like OKC where you just, you know, wrangling up picks and, you know, just trying mm -hmm. to see, you know, for the future because you don't have, you're the Boston Celtics. Like people, you know, right. you know, you should, you know, you got Jason Tatum, you got a, a future superstar, you know, Jalen Brown's emerging. Kimba Walker. Kimba Walker. I mean, Walker, he, he, does, he, he does, he does decent stuff. He, but yeah, I agree. He's not like that top. He's not that he type. Needs to, he needs to take that one. I know he's the, the Kyrie stuff may, maybe got him, you know, a little, you know, scared to make yeah. some, but, you 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 have to take chances when you're at you're like this close like you're literally this close yeah. to being a championship you have to take a chance so he's got to pull something big off I right agree. And if if you want to be considered one of the top GMs or the very best GM in the NBA by you know a lot of people were kind of saying echoing that sentiment not that long ago I think you should be extremely confident in that in a situation like with Anthony Davis that you can convince him to sign long term there. You take a chance on that one year for a guy like that, adding him to a Jason Tatum and a Jalen Brown, because even if it's for one year, you are basically guaranteeing yourself all at least an Eastern Conference Finals, if not an NBA Finals appearance, almost for sure. And to me, he just he kind of dropped the ball on that one too. He just his we His don't know how available he was, though, like with that deal, too, though. Like, so I mean, he, he was available. He has a contract. Anybody can be traded anywhere. It's not it's not necessarily up to the player. Oh, we can argue about Boston Celtics another day. We're talking about Rudy Gobert here right. on the show. Uh, Jerg, ideal fit for you with Rudy. Do you do you like the Boston fit? Is there another fit that you think more? Another great one that I've heard kind of being mulled around is the Toronto Raptors looking for you know another big with the with the bigs that they've lost and you know they got that you know the the french canadian flair over there like you can kind yeah. of play to that aspect masai ujiri loves him some international guys well i mean are, are there any other fits that you think that rudy gobert would be great for i think the the main two the the one that we've spent the last bit talking about and the one you just brought up i think boston and toronto would be two really good fits i think boston i think one thing where if you are able to convince him to resign to a contract no matter what it would be you can take some solace in the fact that your top two pieces brown and tatum are already locked in long term at least i'm if i'm not mistaken tatum it has already signed his max yes and if he, and if he yeah and if he hadn't by now you can go over the hard cap to sign a player like tatum um mm -hmm. so boston definitely makes sense especially being a championship contender like bona fide like chris said when you're one of the last four teams remaining in the playoffs like that that means something there there's something behind that and the toronto raptors as well you know losing gasol losing ibaka you put in a rudy, rudy gobert there that defense that we all believe may take a, a bit of a step back this year may even take a step forward because again you're bringing in a two-time defensive player of the year uh 
it, there's one team I've actually been mulling a little bit the, the like the last couple of minutes, and I don't know how realistic it is. My only thing of how it could work was because going back the other way for Utah, because if you're going to lose Gobert, you're losing an interior defender who is good. The team I've been thinking of in my head, while you're not getting maybe the same quality of defender, you're getting a guy who's long, who's athletic, who maybe could make up for some things. What if Atlanta shocks everyone and Capella goes back the other way to Utah? You keep that long center in Utah, maybe not as fundamentally sound, but Capella is long, he's athletic, he's a shot blocker, and maybe his athleticism makes up for the place here and there where Gobert's IQ would have given him the advantage. That's just a random thought out there. I'm not, uh, uh, no way am I saying that would happen, or no way am I saying Atlanta will do that, because I think they, they seem content with all the offseason moves they've already done. But I, I think we, we've made the points. If it's not a legitimate team, I don't think Gobert would want to get moved because while he doesn't have like the same amount of player power that like we're seeing from Harden or other guys these last few years, I also think like with Austin saying that he may call their bluff, I think it could be the other way where it's like he, if he hears uh, from his agent, like, you know, the Cavs and the Kings are asking about you. He's like, wait, 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 let's talk about this again. You know, like, like I, I think he's smart enough to know that. So it's a really complicated situation. I'm I'm leaning a little bit towards what Austin said earlier, but with a different result. I think he could end up just staying in Utah, but I don't think this contract is getting handled until way after the deadline and obviously the next offseason because like there's I would not give him the supermax at any point. And maybe during the year it maybe it's a bluff, maybe he realizes like this could just be the best thing I for, uh, to do for me. Something, something's got to give on either side, and I, I, if I had to guess, I would actually guess Gobert gives in before Utah does. Man, with the way that you were setting up your scenario with the long defender, you know, you don't know what you're getting back. I thought you were going to be talking about the Knicks trading for him and giving up Mitchell Robinson. No, no, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not doing that to Chris. I actually like Mitchell Robinson. I like him as a. I like him a lot. Too. I like I've, him. I really like him. So, what do you guys? What do you guys think of Rudy Gobert's value is to a team that's not a contender, though? Because yeah, that's, to me, that's to me, point. he seems more like like the perfect complementary piece for these teams that are trying to get you know up where the, like kind of where the Lakers and the Clippers kind of are. I like but that team. Atlanta I have, team. I like that I have Atlanta a team move. in mind. They have a I lot have of a young pieces. I have Dallas. Dallas mm. needs an interior guy like that. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're let's just say defense is very optional in Dallas. And they could definitely use a guy like that, a rim protector, especially with Porzingis not being healthy and, and you would Porzingis would be their their rim protector, you know, when healthy, but he's not healthy. <laughs> so getting a guy like well, guy Gobert, you know, I think that's something I would consider. Listen, they will, you know, we they were supposed to be in on the Giannis sweepstakes. That's no longer the case at the moment that, you know for the year, yes. For the year, yeah. For at the moment it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. You know, and they would have to give up things now to, to even if in the in the in the future to, to even make that possible. So at the moment, that's not going to happen. So you got to look at the you know secondary guys. And mm-hmm. if Rudy is there, Mark Cuban, I'm sure he picks up the phone and says, "Hey, because you got to maximize Luca." And like you said, Porzingis yeah. not healthy. 
you need a guy who can help protect. You know, um, who's the guy that got hurt last year for them? Um, the big guy, uh, Dwight Powell. He's you know, back coming, he, he's, You know, he's still he's going to be coming back from the ACL. You know, um, so you know you could use another guy like that. So you know, maybe something. You know, they could they could ship off. You know, Hardaway Junior. And, and you know, maybe you know some draft picks here to to match up the money. And, they really and, got you know, a lot of those left with the deal that they made for with with your team, right? So like that yeah, would yeah. be my question: Is who do you give? You got like Tyrell Terry, Tyler Bay, a couple of young guys that you drafted this season, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you whatever draft picks that you have, you know, yeah, I, I would do Tim Hardaway. You can have Tyler Bay. Get some draft picks. I wouldn't get. I'll probably away. throw in uh, Powell as well, right? To kind of make Powell, it yeah. Work. yeah. You know, Tim Hardaway Jr. You know, will you know? He, I think he's like around seventeen, eighteen million dollars, and I think he's in the last year of his deal too. Correct. Yeah, he would be so, expiring. Uh, yeah, because yeah, he uh, he uh, he opted in um, to his his uh, player option. So I mean, that, that's something I you know, if I'm Dallas, I could I would consider. But would that be more enticing for the Utah Jazz, uh, Jurgen? You mentioned Clint Capella with that crowded front court. The rumors have been circulating that John Collins may be the odd man out. How much All would right. you like a John Collins back in I Utah think that's to run with Donovan Mitchell? That would that would be like that'd be the offer. Like if if the Hawks came at you with, hey, we'll give you Clint Capella and John Collins. Ooh, if you're, I don't you know about both. I'm saying like, no, I, I'm you, saying hypothetically, like, though, because Capella and Gobert together, that's not gonna. Yeah, work. that that wouldn't work. So like hypothetically, and you're you're also not lacking depth. You get them both. Big and dang. <laughs> yeah, you, you wouldn't be lacking big men depth because you, try, just right? you just got a You just got a in Atlanta. So yeah. yeah. Well, because Collins isn't going to be there long term, like, and you got Gallinari locked up as well, and he's probably going to be in the they got Bogey there. Yeah. Like, they got a lot of guys, and they got to pay Trey eventually. He's going to get the super max. He's going to get the rookie max. So, oh, yeah. and, and they, they got, got DeAndre, and they got Cam Reddish, and, and you know, they Cam might have Herter. to pay. They might have to pay a lot of guys, but Collins you know, is odd man out. Yeah. Collins is odd man out because Onyeka. I think that's why they drafted Onyeka. Mm-hmm. They're just going to trade Collins and then slip Onyeka right there at this spot. Could you imagine though Donovan Mitchell and John Collins running the floor together? That would be that's something. Fun. Be fun. Be I think I think uh, Atlanta would be a nice fit for Gobert because they did make a lot of offseason moves and they did improve, but it was almost significant, almost totally offensive. You know, yeah. like Gallinari's yeah. not a stout defender and and <laughs> Bogdanovich isn't known for his defense those guys exactly. were brought in to to put the ball in the basket Capella is a capable defender I mean he he's is, no Rudy he Gobert is. but but I mean in this in this you know hypothetical situation they're probably not going to end up on the same roster like Chris said they just don't yeah, fit it's not a good but, together yeah, yeah. so my one of my big questions with this is if if Rudy Gobert did accept the max contract it's an average of about 30 million a year They've already got uh, Donovan Mitchell just signed a huge extension, and they're already paying a ton of money to Mike Conley Jr. I mean, but that's almost be expiring after this season. His money yeah. would be expiring. He's, out here. He's had a one year left on the deal, so that's actually a big trade for someone. If he were to sign this extension now for this year, I mean, you're talking well into the luxury tax. I, I, I would assume at least. And Utah is not historically <laughs> a franchise that's willing to 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 do that they're, they're a small market they're historically a little bit stingy with their wallet you know donovan mitchell is really arguably the only huge contract they've ever really given out i mean i was just looking it up carl malone's biggest 
Carl Malone's biggest con- oh yeah, Darren Williams. Carl Malone's biggest contract was ten years, eighteen million dollars. I think they like, paid Carlos Boozer a lot of money too. If yeah, I'm not yeah, mistaken, yeah, they might have. I think Carl Malone got more money from WCW than he got from the. the- <laughs> they <laughs> do <laughs> right. That's why he did it. <laughs> this makes signal- way more money. <laughs> this may signal a kind of a changing of philosophy in in Utah. They have a new owner with fairly yep. deep pockets who wants that team to win, and he may think that this is the best chance for them to win with Gobert, and he may be I'm willing to pay him hard, that money. Yeah. And this free so agents it, are going to go to Utah. Like, let's be uh-huh. serious. Exactly. No, How are they going to replace free agent that says, yo, I want to go to play in Utah? We don't like it's You see some guys, but you're not going to get those star players that are going to want to. So they might, they might kind of be forced into like, like it's one of those situations where they, they might have to for, be forced to give him mm-hmm. the max because, you know, who else are you going to get? Yeah. Exactly. Who else is coming? Now, I know exactly. Donovan Mitchell is intriguing to play with, but. There's also who the hell wants no to play good Utah, right? right? Yeah, right. who wants to play there's, Utah? That's a big thing. There's a real thing. Fifteen Donovan Mitchells in the NBA right now, or, or more. You know how many Rudy Gobert's are there really? You know he is a fairly unique talent in, in terms of the way he is able to lock down the defensive side of the court. Hey, and you don't Supermax case again, Austin. I'm saying I think it's plausible that he could get it. I don't think it's realistic that he should. I don't think it it spells you know winning a title for utah but anymore in the nba it seems like people forget about the fact that there's also a business side of it like Mm -hmm. utah has to be able to to fill their arena when fans come back and and this may be the best way for them to do that they're at least solidifying that they're going to be a playoff team every year and that they've they've you know they know what they've got they know that they're not going to get a big name guy to come in there Mm -hmm. and you know they may be okay with giving him that money and being you know a three four five seed perennially and and sell a lot of tickets and sell a lot of jerseys and go to a lot of playoff games and that would could be considered successful from a business standpoint but you know i think ultimately obviously everybody in the nba wants to win but to to me it just it feels like if utah was already willing to give him the the max it's not completely out of you know the realm of possibility that they could go a little, go higher than that. They obviously value him very very high if they're willing to pay him that kind of money. That's seven percent higher. <laughs> just, just to throw that out there, that's a lot of money. And I get what you're saying. Like it does make sense. We saw something similar with CJ McCollum signing the money that he that he spent up in Portland. And you know when their front office was asked about it, they said, you know, how many CJ McCollums do we have wanting to come play in Portland? You know, none. You do have to take that into consideration, and that's a fair point, Austin. I, I I agree with that. But if if you can call Atlanta and you can get John Collins and Clint Capella in a deal, Ooh, man, yeah, that's that. the thing. Like, perfect points you guys bring up in terms of how many guys would really come to Utah. But if you get the right package back and you get a guy like a John Collins who would be a restricted free agent, you can match any contract another team would could give. And there's also a cap to what they could give. They can't give him like some insane 30 million a year contract. You know, they can't do that. Like it'd be 20, 22 million a year, something along those lines. Like if you got like a Collins and a Capella back, you get Collins is essentially on five years to the last year of his rookie deal, plus whatever four year deal. And then Capella as what, two to three years left on the contract. I believe, it's, I believe it's three if I'm not mistaken, but it's at least two. Yeah. So you give yourself like some, some long-term like remains after trading go bear. Like I definitely like if, if the trade package that they th- look at the most, if the cutoff point is 
they're only getting a guy back with like a year left, then I, I would think Austin's right. I think they would probably give him that super max because I would rather trust the guy that I've had here his entire career than a guy that only has a year left. But if that package tur- turns into, I got one guy with three years left. I got another guy who we're going, we can match any offer to him. And we're going to keep him at least four to five years. It, the mindset has to change there a little bit. And it seems like you could always trade him for Russell Westbrook. At some I was point just going to say, they can be <laughs> confident in the fact that just about every guy in the last few years that signed a max contract, they've said over and over, it's a terrible contract. They'll never right. be able to move it. And they get moved every year. Yeah. Chris Paul gets traded every year. Russell Westbrook gets That's traded every year. And they're all called bad contracts that yeah. are unmovable. And then a week later, they're on another team. And yeah. I also just feel like the Drew Holiday to Milwaukee trade has kind of skewed the trade market to yeah. a certain extent because they got three first round picks and, and pick swaps and pick swaps and serviceable, you know, starting point guard in the NBA yeah. for a guy that's definitely Two not a max contract player. And if Utah already values Gobert enough to make him a max contract guy. What kind of package are they going to expect back for him? I mean, John they could Collins, ask for the Collins. world. <laughs> I mean, if we're and being Kevin, realistic, that's Herter. a great trade. And if, if we're being realistic, that's a great trade. But you know they're going to ask for Ben Simmons and four first-round picks just like Houston is. You well, know, that's what going to ask for the world. That's what you do when the first, you know, your, your first offer, your first demand – is significantly higher than what you realistically expect, right? Because if you, yeah. it's like trying to sell something like on a resale page, right? Where you have to, you have to sell it for higher than what you really want, so you can get what you really want. Exactly. You know, when it's all said and done, right? So, I mean, that's just yep. the way that basketball is done. I'll, I'll let you guys in on a little uh, insider secret about trading cards. If you ever get into collecting trading cards, oh, if boy. you buy on eBay. Almost 95% of the time, the buy now price is about double what the actual value of the card is. And it's always like that because, you know, they know somebody's going to be willing to pay at least close to that. And Mm -hmm. they're going to get a lot more value than they would if they priced it correctly. And Gobert may be doing a little bit of that himself. He may just be putting it out there like, hey, I think I'm worth as much money as I can you can possibly give me. And just trying to up his value every little bit that he can. In five days, he may sign a max contract. We don't know. I was pretty confident a few days ago that Giannis wasn't going to sign his Supermax extension, and and then he surprised everybody and signed it anyway. So yeah. stranger things have happened. Yeah. yeah, what do we know, right? So, <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, is, are there any other points to this? You know, you know, no for Go Bear is what I named this segment. You know, is there any <laughs> other thing that you want to touch on for this no for Go Bear segment? Don't give him Supermax. <laughs> Don't do it. It's easy to talk yourself into it, but it doesn't make sense. Explore the options you have. Explore the options you have. If you think you can get a big kind of deal, again, Austin makes, I think, the best final point here with what happened with the Drew Holiday deal. If you can try to get that out of a team like in Atlanta and get some very valuable pieces back. (laughs) Yeah, desperate team. Like, you got to do that. Like, I think the ultimate thing with this is explore every option to the end that you can. And if it comes down to, simply pay him or let him walk they're probably gonna pay him and they have until march 25th this just got released today that the trade yeah. deadline is for sure going to be march 25th so we have you know roughly three months until you know they do or do not and jerg i'm so glad that you provided that atlanta take because i think that that's just that probably awesome. the, 
that's like the sexiest trade that I can come up with, right? Like that far and away beats the Boston one that I was throwing Atlanta's out Atlanta's kind of a, a team that's kind of ripe for the picking because they have so many young, talented guys that they're not yeah. going to ever be able to pay all of them. So, and draft picks. Right. And they don't, I don't think they want to pay all those young guys yeah. for the future. They kind of want to ready to, are ready to try to win now. And, and what does Boston have that would be better than what Atlanta can give you? Like Boston is going to give you what? Nothing. Mark, Robert Mark, Williams, Mark, Romeo Langford. They will not doesn't make as much sense for Robert you, Williams, like, like you said, okay. Romeo Langford, guys that we still don't know, like our – our starters, like at least with Atlanta, like I'm going to get John Collins in return and Capella. That's two starters. And Maybe Kevin a, Herter. Yeah, yeah, and Collins is a guy who's ascending. He keeps getting better. Like you know, twenty and ten guy. Like yeah, okay. run the floor that's, with Mitchell. Run the floor. That's yeah, the key. That. You talk about ticket sales. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the key to what Steven said because you look at the shooting guard slash small forward spot in Atlanta now. It's Reddish, Hunter, uh, Bogdanovich. Herder. You can't keep all four of them. There's not enough playing time for all four of them. And Bogdanovich just got paid. Reddish and Hunter just got there. They signed Solomon Hill, too. I mean, I know that he's not the biggest guy out there, and then they traded for old boy out of Detroit, Tony Snell. Yeah. So, like, they got guys already on this roster that they're already planning yeah, yeah, to have yeah. be at the end of their bench so they can make a move in the future with the, yep. yeah, with the Solomon Hill and Tony Snell. Having, kind of depth, on themselves. having depth is a, is great, but no, but no team in the NBA wants to be 11 or 12 deep in a rotation of guys exactly. that think they should be getting minutes. Unless and, they're in the middle of a pandemic and a shortened season maybe yeah that could be that's a good point that's a really good point you know i i think ultimately like i like i just said you know it's easy to talk yourself into it if you're utah to say hey there's no better option like what are we going to do if he does walk like how are we going to replace him but i think we've seen time and time again in the nba you should never ever think you're stuck you should never ever think as a franchise that there's not a way to get out from under a contract or or bring in at least close to equal value. I mean, look how many times everybody said Houston had no options, no way to get better, no way to to change their roster. And year after year after year, Daryl Morey figured something out. Yep. So there's always there's always anyway. options. They have I think their best bet is to keep their options open, see what the market actually you know, really is for him because no other team may offer him a max contract and then he may come running back to them to sign to sign. Yeah. Or him, he just knows. may need to be humbled and say, you know what, you guys turn me down, but if I can get paid back somewhere else, at least I still kind of somewhat have my pride in this mm-hmm. scenario. You but can kind of think your way into that. Just just from him going from almost being the face of the NBA shutdown with the whole COVID thing with him, you know, laughing and coughing on the microphones, n- not even a, a year ago to now being a max contract guy a, a, and maybe a super max guy, like that's got to be one of the best turnarounds ever, you know, like 2020 baby. Talk talk about a glow up. That's the ultimate 2020 move. All right, guys. Well, let's uh, do as our buddy couch coach live likes to say, let's put a bow on this episode. Uh, You know, Jerg, I'm going to work my way from you to Austin to Chris, just kind of tell the people where they can find you and some stuff that you may have in the works. If there's anything, go ahead, Jerg. Yep. At Jerg K 40 on Twitter and IG. Uh, You know, I'm, Continuing, it's actually nearly finalized. Uh, an article I mentioned a couple days ago on Couch Coaches Overreacted Overreaction Monday. I got a new hockey article coming out, more more of a longer read. Uh, like I said on Monday, it's uh, I titled it like Fall of Champions, like the three winningest teams of the last NHL decade. How 
none of the three of them are bona fide Stanley Cup contenders at this point and how it got to that point. So I was very excited while doing that article and I can't wait for it to get posted. Excellent. And I know with the way that you, you know, attack your business and how, you know, smart you are as far as, you know, sports at large go, I know that's going to be an excellent read. Uh, Austin, we just worked together just a little bit ago. I don't think that we've stopped for the last three hours, but go ahead and tell the the folks where they can find you. Oh, I've, I've done more than my fair share of talking. Everybody knows where they can find me. Uh, off the Ball Network, first and foremost, you know, on the Breaking the Game podcast, on Dash Radio, or Austin Car 10 on Twitter. Go ahead and check out all my stuff there. Um, I do want to make a, a quick point, though. If anybody wants to have a good conversation about possible trades or you know theoretical scenarios these two guys that we have with us tonight are, are two of the best you guys yeah. are you always you know have a fresh kind of perspective and great insight on this these kind of topics um, that's why i was so glad that you guys were able to join us for sure you know i love in our group chats when we get going on like four hypothetical trades down the rabbit hole and right. we don't even remember where the first you know point <laughs> of the conversation even was but yeah, it's all at least to like formed and entertaining always yes Every time it always does, it always does, and and to that note, uh, I'm pretty excited about that little little wrestling project we have going. I don't know about you guys, I think you guys are too, but I change it every day. Like I'm like, oh no, I haven't even started, man. It's just it's gonna take so much. It was kind of easy. The top four seeds for me, like the top sixteen, were fairly easy, but past that, it's like musical chairs. (laughs) Somebody's gonna get left out. That's really really good. Yeah. But it's thank you guys point. for coming on. I, I, you know, I always love having, you know, the more the merrier on these kind of things for sure, because and we can just kind of hash out everything all at once and be done with it. So That's I appreciate right. you guys both being on here. No Absolutely. All right, Prez, go ahead. Bring us home. Yeah. You could find me um, on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, off the ball pod. Uh, you could find me also uh, off the ball network, you know, make sure to go on off the ball network.com. Check out mm-hmm. all that all the cool stuff on there. Like I said, we got hockey stuff. We got baseball, basketball, you name it. We got it. We got wrestling stuff coming, you know, uh, we're adding MMA, which is, I'm excited about. We got a lot of things cooking. Nice. And uh, yeah, so you can find me there. Podcast is available on all podcast platforms. Um, uh, just had a, a show with uh, Pierre from house of highlights and the through the wire podcast. So that was, that was fun to do. Uh, so check that out. That's that's out. Um, and yeah, just find me on social media. You know, uh, the Knicks are two and one. We're, you know, uh, on pace to make the playoffs in the preseason. If the preseason were to end, which is ends in a few days. So preseason champions. I'm excited. You know, I want nice. the banner up and, and ready to go, you know, but, <laughs> you know, but NBA is coming back. So I'm excited about that. So there's going to be an abundance of content with that. So uh I appreciate you guys having me on the show and uh, you know, this is fun. This was a lot of fun. Absolutely, man. And we appreciate you being here. We are so looking forward to the NBA season kicking off here on the 21st. As for myself, you can find me on Twitter at Steven BTG, which stands for breaking the game. The name of the show that Austin and I co-host, you can find me on Instagram at Steven W Gillespie. You can just find our show at BTG NBA pod on both of those platforms as well. For Austin and Chris, we are also on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. Uh, you know, we all air at different times, but you can always find us on there. Chris, when when does your show on for the people? Uh, it's usually Mondays at noon. But I've I, I got a few shows that have gone on during the week, but uh, usually my, uh, my set time is Mondays at noon Eastern. 
And you can find Austin and myself on Mondays and Fridays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific time. We'll get your drive, you know, home from work. We'll get you there safely and we'll we'll have a good time doing it. But for, you know, our buddy Jerg, for our president, Chris LeBron, for Austin and myself, for the Off the Ball Network, the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio, basically anywhere you can find basketball content. All four of our faces will be somewhere attached with it. We just appreciate all the love and support that you guys give us. And we will talk to you guys next time. Much love, everybody. Have a good one.